Hi, everyone. This is Jack Bacall, the director and voice of Cameron Park on Half Moon Chronicles. While we normally put all of our content warnings in the description of our episodes, we wanted to give an extra warning for this week's episode as it contains a graphic depiction of the death of a sibling. If this is not something you want to listen to, you can skip this week's episode and pick up with us next week. Any context you need will also be provided in later episodes. Thank you for your ongoing support, and please take care of yourselves. started the research phase of a new episode. Well, when I say we, I mostly mean Ash and Gray. I was in the library doing my own digging, and Ash told me to meet her and Gray in the Econoline to discuss what they found. Not sure why we couldn't just discuss it at the library. Maybe because Kayla, uh, the librarian, always gets mad at us for being too loud? I'm being honest. I'm not looking forward to being in such close quarters with Gray. I've been kind of avoiding him since, you know, he dropped that bomb about Chris and him being together or whatever they were. Just how oblivious is he that he didn't notice how I felt about Chris? Telling me is one thing, but telling me like that? All blasé about it? I don't know how to look him in the eye. Gotta shut up about it for now, though. It's Tabby. All right, what do you have? Have you started a script yet, or do we need to talk about the angle first? Is everything okay? Not really, Tabs. What is it? Cam didn't jump in the lake again, did they? Or, Gray, is it the periphery? Neither of those. Cam's at the arcade, last I checked. It's about the research we were doing on the Klein case. Uh, Klein was the chief of police before Captain Ryan, right? Yes. He died last year. It was the first case Captain Ryan wouldn't speak openly about when I asked. Not even when I turned on my charm. She said I'd be better off not learning about it. Not that it stopped Ash from investigating it. I found the case file. Can I read it? Ash, we shouldn't have done this. She's going to want to pursue this case anyway to get her story. We should have just never mentioned it. Gray, she deserves to know. What's going on? What's wrong with the case? If it's super gruesome or something, I'm happy to put some warnings at the beginning of the episode, or... Oh, it's gruesome, all right. I can handle gruesome. Ash, can I please read it? Before I hand it over, 
I want to warn you. It's gonna hit you hard. In a way none of the others have. In a personal way. Okay, I hear you. Let me see. This... This is real? 100% real. I don't... I don't understand. There are way too many similarities. Either this is the most disturbing coincidence I've ever heard of, or something bad is happening. Something really bad. Involving us. What do you mean, involving us? Well, it has to be personal, doesn't it? Unless I'm reading this wrong, Captain Klein died in the exact same way Chris did. Down to the last detail. But he died in Half Moon. Chris died back home in Connecticut. Gray and Cam have both been individually haunted by entities since getting here. Wait, what? Allegedly haunted. Tabby's been calling it the periphery, but it's nothing. Gray, are you serious? What other explanation could there be for the parallels between Klein's death and Chris's? There could be tons of explanations. Chris's autopsy said... Fuck what the autopsy said. We all know it was bullshit. What I want to know is, why are they so alike? Maybe it goes along with one of your rational explanations. A serial killer or something. One who moved from Connecticut to Massachusetts. But it could also be something paranormal. Tabby, how did you even hear about Half Moon in the first place? Ash told me about it. Remember how she wouldn't shut up about Half Moon over the summer? What are you talking about? You're the first person I ever heard talk about Half Moon. Really? I thought she was talking to all of us about it. Oh, I mean, you know how Gray is about paranormal stuff. Why would I share any of that with him? It was a lot easier to talk to you about it, Tabs. You were less likely to shut it down. I guess that makes sense. But yeah, everything Ash said about this place got me interested. If it weren't for her, I wouldn't have gotten the idea for the documentary in the first place. And how did you find it, Ash? Uh, you know, Ask Jeeves. That internet thing, it lets you search the web for stuff. I was messing around on there one day, looking for supernatural phenomena I hadn't heard of, and Half Moon popped up. Are there any supernatural beings that can, I don't know, mess with fate or something? Or even like an internet cryptid? Something had to draw you to Half Moon. Something brought you to a place where someone died the same strange, unprecedented death as Chris. Or, again, it could be a coincidence. Coincidences are uncommon, sure, but not impossible. I'm not convinced. What if... Okay, hear me out. What? I know Cam is grieving. I know they hate talking about Chris. But this is a big deal. We should give this to them to read, and then I think they should record what happened to Chris. 
Is that a joke? It's not for entertainment purposes. Whether the deaths were supernatural or not, they're serious crimes. Klein's case is cold and Chris's might as well be. We know the explanation they settled on isn't the real one. Even you think so, Gray. I know you do. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's paranormal. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that a record of this should exist. A record explicitly linking these cases. You know, in case... In case what? In case something happens to us. She's right, Gray. Nothing is gonna happen to us. We don't know that. This town is dangerous, full stop. There's no denying that anymore. Fine. Let's bring this to Cam. But don't just shove the case file in their face, ask them to read it on the spot, and then interview them. Give them time. Once they've processed it, then you can propose the interview idea. Okay. Let's go. Why are you turning that on? Cam's been in the Econoline for a while. There's no way they haven't finished reading the case file yet, so there's no telling how long they'll be. I figured we could give more context on the Klein case to fill time while we wait. Sure. Do you want to do a full-fledged recording, or...? No. Conversational is fine. Especially since we don't have the case file in front of us. Right. I can say what I remember off the top of my head. Captain Klein was the chief of police from 1990 to 1998. A long time, as far as police chief tenure goes nowadays. All reports will tell you he was a typical family man who loved his wife and kids, went to his son's baseball games, yada yada. Captain Ryan had different things to say. I thought you said she wouldn't talk to you about this case. Oh, she mostly wouldn't. But... She did tell me how bad she felt that Captain Klein never got to live out his life. According to her, Klein lived in Half Moon because his family had for generations. It was kind of automatic, you know? He didn't think about going anywhere else. Or he didn't before he was all settled in his family life. Then he started thinking about what else was out there. In what way? He never directly said so to Captain Ryan, but she suspected he felt trapped. He would go on and on about these fantasies, like running away to Canada or disappearing in the middle of the night to start a new life backpacking through the Alps. He'd always act like he was joking, but Captain Ryan never really bought that. That's why the case file says he was originally thought to be a runaway. His disappearance didn't raise many alarm bells for Captain Ryan because she figured he'd finally snapped and gotten out of here. His family and the community were shocked, but she wasn't. That's so sad. Yeah, that's all I got out of Captain Ryan before she couldn't talk about it anymore. But you read the case file. You know what happened next. I do. But anyone listening to the recording doesn't know. Oh, right. Well, Klein was last seen going to this guy's house for a beer, Randall Fry, the owner of the motel you see on the way into town. According to Fry, Klein and his wife were having issues, so Klein wanted some space from her. 
Fry offered him a free night at the motel. Fry was thoroughly questioned, of course. He was forthright about the marital issues and the fact that he offered the room. The police checked the motel top to bottom but didn't find him, so they assumed he skipped town. He was missing for days. Then, a maintenance guy for the motel had to go down into the basement to fix something. Spoiler, I think. It's in this room no one ever uses, apparently. He turned on the light, and that's where he found Klein. He was... Cam? You okay? What do you think, Ash? I'm sorry. I know that must have been hard to read. But it didn't make sense not to show you. You should know. You're recording this. Sorry, I was recording what we were talking about just now. I can stop. I'm guessing you want to interview me about Chris. We don't have to do it right this second. You don't have to do it at all. We just thought... Get in the van. Let's get this over with. What? The interview. You... you want to talk about it. Of course I don't. I never do. But I'm sick of this shit. First what happened to Chris, and then hearing Chris's voice on the tape, and now this? What? What? Right. They don't know about the tape with Chris's voice. We can talk about it later. This case file, it fucked me up. I don't want to do an interview for the documentary. I don't want to do it for any of you. I want it because I need to revisit that night. I need to put myself there again, like I'm always too scared to, so I can look at it next to this case file and figure out what the hell happened to my brother. Okay. I'll start a fresh tape. All right, so, um, how do you want to do this? Do you just want to talk? Should I ask questions? Just treat it like a normal interview. This isn't a normal interview. (sighs) Yeah. You're right. Can you prompt me with questions? Sure. Start with... When this happened, where you were? It was July 15th, 1999, the evening, at my family's house. Chris and I were hanging out on the couch, playing Super Smash Brothers. He was destroying me with Captain Falcon. I was doing my best with Kirby. I don't know how he was so good with Captain Falcon. We'd only unlocked him a few days before. (laughs) He always picked things up quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, he was supposed to go somewhere that night, hang out with friends or something, but I delayed him because we got into an argument. You did? I didn't know that. I haven't mentioned it before now. 
I was too traumatized to talk about what led up to his death to anyone but the police. And telling the police sucked. I barely remember it. What was the argument about? I wish I could say it was something stupid. If my last memory of my brother can't be positive, I at least wish it was trivial. I casually asked him about going back to college in the fall, and he got really quiet. It confused me. He loved talking about school. He usually did, yeah. Except for... The beginning of this summer, right? Yeah. He came back early from school and wouldn't say why. He just told us not to worry our pretty little heads, or whatever dorky phrase it was, and that we'd have the summer of a lifetime. We didn't. It was an incredibly boring summer. Especially the first month. Because he was never around. He was in his room all the time, sleeping in super late and hogging the N64. I asked him if he wanted to hang with us whenever I was about to head out, but he always said, nah, I'm good. Just like that. Nah, I'm good. What was that about? He never said. Of course he didn't. Because he's... was... Chris. If you ever tried to talk to him about his feelings, he clammed up. He had no problem discussing other people's issues, but his? They might as well have not existed. Sounds like someone I know. Yeah, we're related, all right. How did that lead to a fight? He didn't answer, so I asked again. Then he said he was planning on staying home for another semester. That felt incredibly out of character. You know Chris. He was always packed for school like a week early. He saw the look I gave him and got irritated. Asked me what my problem was. I just told him I was surprised and asked if everything was okay at school. Was it? No. I kept prodding, and I guess I prodded a little too hard. He flipped out on me. It came out of nowhere. I've seen him upset before, obviously. He's my brother. But he's usually so easygoing. When he's mad, really mad, it's super jarring. Yeah. Wow. I don't think I ever saw him mad once. It's hard to imagine. It wasn't pleasant. He asked me why I kept asking, why I wouldn't drop it, why I was entitled to know everything about him, jumping to all these ridiculous conclusions. I was like, what's gotten into you? Why are you freaking out like this? Don't tell me he died without you finding out. He didn't. Normally, I would have dropped it like he asked. But it was so concerning that I kept pushing. Both of our parents were out of the house, and I was half ready to call my mom and ask her to come home and mediate. I thought something was really wrong. 
Finally, the truth came out. He failed out of college and was too afraid to tell anyone, including our parents. Oh my god. As far as I'm aware, I'm the only person he ever told. But knowing that, everything about his outburst made sense. Chris was a straight-A student. Tons of friends besides us, great sense of humor, fun and easy to talk to. You know how he was. Mr. Perfect, basically. I can't imagine what kind of blow failing out of college was to someone like him. He's not used to failing. Seriously? How did he fail out? I didn't get a clear answer, but it seemed like he... Sorry. This is hard. Take all the time you need. It seemed like he... The college coursework was way harder than he expected it to be. He kind of cruised through high school. He didn't even have to study. College was a different ballgame, and he... He's so bad at asking for help. So he didn't. From what I could tell, he suffered in silence, pulling all-nighters so he didn't fail, and failing anyway. I hate imagining that. It's one of the things I think of every night before I fall asleep. Cam, I'm so sorry. We... we don't have to do this whole interview tonight. We can break it up. No. I want to keep going. Okay. Um... What happened next? It... happened next. The fight didn't get to end. He was starting to come down from getting upset. He apologized a couple times, but things were still heated. And then he... He collapsed. I rushed over to him thinking he was crying or something. But he wasn't. He was convulsing. I wish I could say he started throwing up blood. That was what I wanted to tell the paramedics when they showed up, because it made more sense than what actually happened. And I desperately wanted this to make sense. While he was convulsing, Blood started pooling around him. It sort of looked like it was coming up through the floorboards. And then it was dripping from the ceiling onto him, onto me. I almost wish I hadn't looked at him while this was happening, that I'd looked anywhere else 
because he looked so scared. He was clawing at the blood like it was something solid. And he locked eyes with me. That look. Like he was asking me to do something. To help. To make sure he didn't die. I wanted so badly to do what he needed and make sure he didn't die. <sighs> and then he... He kept croaking my name and the word no. Just those two over and over. Cam, no. Cam, no. He managed to get up. He staggered to the wall and fell against it. Blood started coming out of the wall then, too. The one that he was leaning against and the opposite one. Just like how when he was on the ground, blood came from the floor and the ceiling. Then he slid down the wall and slumped over. That's when he stopped moving. Was that when you called police? I think so. Everything after that is a blur, which is just fucked. If I want anything to be a blur, it's those moments where Chris was suffering. But no. Those get to be the most vivid memories I've ever had. Those get to stay in my brain. I'm so sorry. And then... I can't remember. Can you help me piece the rest of this together? Sure. You called police, and then your parents, then Gray, Ash, and me. I'm not sure in what order. I just remember your phone call to me. I wonder what I said. I've tried to forget. I remember every word. Well, the police were stumped about his death. At first, they thought he was murdered. God, it kills me to even think about how I was a suspect. Me too. I'm glad you were cleared quickly. Same. There was so much blood, but no exit wounds. None of it had passed through his mouth or ears or anything, either. They tested it so they knew it was his. Which makes the image of him clawing at the blood while he was dying all the more haunting. Like he was trying to... Put it back. The autopsy settled on it being an aneurysm. But we all know how we feel about that. Yeah, there's no way. Blood doesn't spontaneously appear around you when you're having an aneurysm. But they couldn't come up with another reason. Do you 
think it might have been... I've been telling myself it wasn't supernatural. Because that's impossible. But now there's this Captain Klein thing, and I don't know what to think. I don't either. Maybe we should interview Randall Fry. See if there are any parallels between him and Chris? Yeah, maybe. If I'm being honest, though, I don't want this to be supernatural. I want it to be some freak accident. What about that distinction makes a difference to you? If it was a freak accident, it's unlikely to happen again. I'm unlikely to lose anyone again. But if it is supernatural, and it's happened in Half Moon before, and it's happened in our friend group before, who's to say we haven't walked right into a trap? Okay, I'm done. Let me sleep. All right. I might be wasting tape, but I don't really care. I want as much evidence of Chris's voice as I can get. And if that means recording myself listening to the tapes, that's what I'll do. Anyway. Up ahead is Dead Drop Bridge. No, let me take that again. Up ahead is Dead Drop Bridge. No, let me take that again. Head is Dead Drop Bridge. No, let me take that. Up ahead is Dead Drop Run, Bridge. Run, before it's too late. Shit. Take that again. Run, Kim, it's coming! Run from what? Up ahead is Dead Drop Bridge. Half Moon Chronicles is a Bad Address Media production. This episode was directed by Jack Bacall and produced by Isabella Van Ingen. The script was written by Morgan York and edited by Kit Haddad. Sound design is by Matt Regan. Half Moon Chronicles original music by Kit Haddad. Featuring Isabella Van Ingen as Ash Moskowitz, Jack Bacall as Cameron Park, Kit Haddad as Grayson Price, and Morgan York as Tabby Winters. Also featuring Simon Kaiser as Chris Park, you can follow us on Twitter at Bad Address Media or become a patron at patreon.com slash badaddressmedia. Thank you for listening.